Hi, welcome to How to Be a Humane Leader Without Losing Your Job. In this podcast, we dive into compassionate leadership in today's fast-paced business environment. With our experience and insights, we'll help you lead with heart while securing your career. Join us for engaging conversations and practical advice to elevate your leadership skills and make a real difference. I'm your host, Roberto Torres, a system startup engineering leader, alongside Chris Olerke, a Fortune 100 IT leader. Today, we're discussing, do we as humane leaders have the responsibility of making our teams better at soft skills? Hey, Chris, how are you, man? Hey, Roberto. It's good to be up in Chicago land for a change, broadcasting from Chicago, and it's getting cold. So I'm doing okay, but I want to head back to Tennessee where it's warm. Oh, at least a few degrees uh, warm. At least, at least. I know it's always good weather where you're at, so you're lucky. Thank you, sir. Well, uh, with the topic in, in mind, do you think that uh, maybe today leaders, uh, today are not, uh, are not wanting or not making their team better at soft skills and only focusing on hard skills? I, I certainly think there are some cases that where you could argue that maybe you spend more of your effort on hard technical skills, but those soft skills in the long run, and again, this may be, de again, very dependent on the company, but if I'm in a company where I'm going to be there for a long time, meaning at least five years, maybe 10 years, I know that's not common these days, but I came from a background of 35 years with the same company. Um, I want those soft skills for everybody because running and executing anything, whether it's operations or projects, new development, inventing things, if you don't have the soft skills, you can't get collaboration working very well. So my personal feeling is, is all leaders have an obligation to begin developing soft skills for their employees, regardless of the level of employees. So even at senior director, even at vice presidents, you know, everybody can use some improvements in their soft skills. Nobody's perfect. Yes, they ought to be, but not many do it. Um, what, what do you think those people who won't do it, um, they, they don't take this as something better for the teams as well as the What do you think, Tom? My, my personal feeling would be uh, the reason, like, why would I do it myself? I always try and put myself in somebody's shoes. And maybe I have demands on me for output. You know, a, a project needs to get done. We're doing this new thing. I hire five new people with these technical skills that I need, and I need it done in six months. Soft skills have a tendency to take a lot longer to develop and, and ingrain into someone's normal routine. Whereas the technical skills for something, you might be able to ramp up or improve somebody's technical skills and get the project done quickly. And, per, and perhaps sometimes in this environment, you know, those are contractors, so you don't have a long-term relationship. So they're more focused on the output. So if I'm trying to justify not spending time on soft skills, I, I, I think the only way I could justify it is very short-term projects where... I'm just not 
going to invest in the people because the people won't be there very long. That That's the only justification I could come up with. How about you? Oh, I, I think it is a must. I think, uh, as you mentioned, it is uh, from from your insight. And I, I, I'm, I always thought that uh, making people better at soft skills, it is an investment, not only on the project or on the team, on the person, you know? If you just help someone to be better, I don't know, maybe resilience or emotional intelligence or um, frustration, you know, a tolerance to frustration, you're making this person better to what's coming because we don't know what's coming. Life is ambiguous. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, neither in my life, uh, my work life or my personal life. So if I could provide something to other people to, uh, to make them better, I know that they will uh, uh, react accordingly to the situation and they will help them to become better because uh, we work, we either go to the office or we work remotely. But if something happens to maybe someone on your team, uh, regarding their family or uh, I don't know, their house or something like that, and they have so, uh, uh, robust soft skills, they will act good about it and, and that won't affect uh, work, you know. So uh, I think it's uh, it's a balance that you're teaching and you're providing soft skills to these people regarding the balance being work and personal life and it will help you. And it's not, you know, plain cold about work. It is seeing that this person is rising, it, it is growing. So it, it helps us and it, it makes me feel good about it. Oh, definitely. I mean, in terms of just own personal feelings and, and my own development path as, as a leader, I certainly tried to focus on encouraging people to do better on many different skills. Certainly soft skills in large corporate environments are very critical because you're communicating with many different people, uh, different nationalities across different time zones, different countries. And those soft skills are critical because the way you interpret certain soft or appearance or gestures in one country is totally different in another country. So sometimes you actually have to teach soft skills that are country oriented, right? In terms of what not to do if you're visiting a certain country, if your team is going on a road trip to work uh, directly at a particular plant or something like that, there may be some cultural things, soft skills that you need to teach them so they don't offend people. Because if you start to offend uh, your customers, you know, even if they're internal customers to the company, it gets much more challenging to accomplish your goals and get them to participate if you've been offending them unknowingly and you just keep, you know, doing it. Like, uh, for example, I'm a bit rusty on this stuff, but, you know, in the Middle East, it's offensive to show the bottoms of your feet. So if you were sitting in an office environment or maybe a casual work area and you were to lift your leg up onto your knee just because you're stretching out and your back's tired and, and you showed the bottom of your shoe towards them, that's offensive. So there are things like that in different cultures. You need to 
learn. And and the way to do that is the leader should be, you know, helping their his team or her team uh, learn about what they need to know to be successful. And it's not just technical skills, um, you know, or if you're in finance, just finance skills. It's, you know, how to work with different people from different cultures, because like these days, I mean, in the United States is always called the melting pot, right? Because you, you never know, you could be working in Chicago, but you could work with seven different nationalities. Um, I don't know in, in Mexico how many different nationalities you'd frequently run into in a local office there, but um, there's usually some soft skill differences, uh, perhaps even regionally, right? Even in the United States, Northerners are a little bit different than the Southerners that are different than the East Coast people. So knowing those soft skills and emotionally being aware of how people communicate is is very important to pass on to your team so that they can be successful because their success for you, the leader, is your success. And if they fail because they commit faux pas, they offend some people, that's going to reflect on you as a leader. Yeah, uh, some things uh, I will add regarding the, uh, the ideas that you have told me. Uh, well, first of all, uh, if you work at a startup in Mexico, but it is a local one, you might interact with two or three different nationalities among Mexicans. But if it's an international startup, you could go up to maybe 10 or 12 uh, just, just in Mexico. Um, one thing about culture, it is, yes, it is really important because even though I live in Mexico City, which is the capital of the country, and it is a huge uh, city, we're like 22 million among the city and the suburbs. There are other cities uh, in the country, and you must know how to act with other uh, cultural traits of uh, people of other cities, because even though we live we live here, uh, we speak this uh, we speak the same language. It, it, it is so. Soft skills are important to understand not only what to do, what not to do, what to say, not what to say, but be very no um, uh, uh, be wary about not what kind of stuff you shouldn't make a joke about it or or not. So it is uh, to be aligned with uh, a cultural respect, for instance. And uh, one thing that I found important is uh, what you mentioned about the success of other people. I have always thought that if you treat people all, always with respect, but you provide soft skills and let them grow. Maybe soft skills that they haven't learned or uh, heard about, uh, such as maybe um, negotiation, which they might not, uh, they might not use because yeah, they might have, there might be in a position where negotiation is not something that they have to do, but if you teach them negotiation, you're helping this person when they require to do negotiation. Maybe they will do negotiation with, with you when you, they ask for a salary raise. And that is something that brings success to the people, to the person. If you provide soft skills to this person, or help them grow, 
it will be your success because when these per these persons do something good, they will provide success to other people. So it will be a cycle in which many but many people will will benefit from this. Absolutely, absolutely, completely agree. And you know, it should if you're trying to be a humane leader, which is probably why you're listening to us, right? You you should be thinking about what are some of your core values that be beyond what the company tells you the company's core values are. What are your personal core values? You know, what do you want to achieve as a humane leader? And some of it might be financial goals. I want to be able to earn so much a year, or I want to be able to earn enough so I can drive a certain kind of car. And that's all okay, but that's not humane leadership. That's just growing up and going up the ladder to bigger and more responsible positions. But as a humane leader, what is your goal? Is it that you want to ensure that you mentor enough people that eventually someday some of them are vice presidents or CIOs or CFOs if you're in the finance world or, you know, it's really about ultimately how are you going to reflect back on your career and your own measure of success? What is that going to be? And, and one of my friends that I developed at where I worked for a long time, he's, he's surpassed me in uh, promotions and things now that I've I've been gone uh, just in the last year or two. He contacted me and he got a big promotion and and I'm so proud of him. And he thanked me for all the times I had mentored him. And I I didn't really specifically mentor him, right? He was a friend. I would give advice to if he was having trouble, he would come and ask me. But we were friends. We went to lunch all the time. I've been to his house, you know that kind of stuff. And but, you know, when he got promoted, he, he, I was one of the first people he reached out to tell. And, you know, he was so happy and just wanted to thank me for, you know, all the help I had given him along the way, even since I've left, because we, we stay in touch. And uh, I, I, I've reflected back and I thought about our Humane Leadership Series. And I'm like, wow, I guess I was a humane leader. Well, actually, you are. You, you can ask. Uh, think otherwise and uh, that is awesome because the actions that you made that could be either words or certain actions will uh, it was printed it was uh, tattooed you could say or print in this guy and that guy will help others with that example uh, that you provide so in the end that is that is also the purpose of this podcast. Uh, we spoke before recording that if we what we spoke here, if it could help someone else, is something that we're thriving that, that that we're asking for. That is the purpose of this podcast. That our experiences help others. So you and I have uh, robust soft skills. And it is, we are humane leaders. And if we can teach other persons, other people, soft skills and many more, I'm really, really glad about it, you know? Absolutely. You know, and to balance it, you know, I mean, I, I recognize there are times when, when a leader has very tight deadlines and a very short time frame to turn something around, and, and that leader may not have as much time as they would like to focus on humane skills and, and people skills, those soft skills of working well as a team. 
so sometimes you may have to cut some corners and I, I can, I can justify that in my mind where something's really critical because if you don't get it done, especially in a small startup, if you don't get it done, the company may not exist and then you're all not going to have jobs and whether you taught soft skills or not, isn't going to matter. But hopefully in the long run, you'll see the value that, you know, if you're going to have reoccurring interactions with these team members, that the team members are going to be in the company for a while, investing in those soft skills in the long run will make all the future projects that much easier to, you know, run because there's going to be conflict, right? People are going to disagree on solutions. They're going to disagree on cost estimates. They're going to disagree on you name it. Well, without the soft skills, having those tough talks, those tough decision-making efforts on things that sometimes there is real technical stuff you can dig into to debate. And some of it's like, well, it's 50-50. One technology is not really that much stronger than another. You know, if you don't have good soft skills, the outcome of that is probably going to be bad every time. You really have to be able to approach it very open-mindedly and have have the discussion, present your facts, but don't feel bad if your solution isn't selected. And that's all part of having the soft skills and the work technical skills of whatever your job is, finance, IT, accounting, whatever, um, to be confident you know what you're doing, but the soft skills to realize sometimes you got to discuss and argue your point and sometimes you lose the argument. And with soft skills, it's okay to lose an argument. Because you're not yeah. going to be right 100% of the time. Yes, and uh, having, um, if you know that, I don't want to use the, the word lost, but when you know that the discussion wasn't going in the road on the direction that you wanted to, rather than being, you know, angry, frustrated, since you have those soft skills, you know what to do, how to how to uh, not only behave yourself, but what to do with your team, how to explain them uh, that that project uh, wasn't uh, finished or wasn't given to you. And you know what to do. And that reactions is something that brings uh, coherence to your team and yourself. So rather than ranting and being angry and everything, you to be cool and know what to do for the next project in which you might get, you might learn from your mistakes, you might um, know what to do uh, after that, and then maybe get the project or whatever. So it is really, really important. And uh, also one thing about soft skills, it is uh, communication. We have spoken to to many episodes, and it is true. The communications uh, it is an essential an essential skill. Uh, I think that communication, along with other soft skills, will make uh, not only communicating and being redundant about this. Excuse me about that, but having a strong point about something that you want to communicate to other to other people you know to to your team to your managers to your peers even though your your customers it is so important so you might have uh, a stressful situation in which with your emotional intelligence you to be cool and you to communicate 
easily and there will help uh, the project or you did uh, say, hey, we're not reaching to the deadline because of this, but balancing that will make everything better. Yep, no, no, I, I absolutely agree. You know, you gotta commit and make those those investments in, in the time to, to help people along the path. Because um, And the other thing to keep in mind is it is something that will take time for them to apply the skill consistently, right? So I think the humane leader needs to 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 commit to making the time to do it, but don't. I would not recommend like burying people in many hours of the day and and so on, because for, in my experience, soft skills are things that develop more over time, and so you aren't instantly going to become a great public speaker. Instead, if you're trying to develop that skill in someone, you know, to do a presentation to the team, let's say, well, first have them do just a five-minute presentation and have them do it once. And then give them a break and give them some feedback behind closed doors and then let them, you know, think about the feedback and, and incorporate it. And then maybe they get to present again in a month or two. But it, it's not something that you, these soft skills aren't something that you go, well, I'm going to, we're going to do soft skills for five days a week now, eight hours a day. And at the end of the week, you're going to be an amazing public speaker. You're going to be very empathetic to listening to people. You're going to, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You really uh, have to take time to sleep on it over multiple days, weeks, and months to start incorporating whichever soft skill you're working with your team members on to uh, develop. You know, it, it just is not going to happen overnight. So recognize you need to make the investment. And my recommendation is you invest a little bit of time, give feedback as you're going along, and over multiple months, you should see changes. But, you know, don't do a 40-hour class in one week and expect your entire team to be excellent communicators and empathetic listeners and everything else all at once. It just doesn't work that way. Yes, yes, indeed. One thing is uh, when you go to a leadership uh, summit, Let's say that you're providing a leadership summit to the upcoming leaders. After that summit, uh, people will be leaders immediately. As you mentioned, you have to fail. You have to have success. You have to learn from yourself. You have to learn from others in order to become a leader. That happens the same with the soft skills. You might, you might say in a one-on-one, -on -one, hey, uh, uh, Mark, you haven't I'm seeing a lack of this uh, still, and you should be working with that person, with Mark, uh, a number of one-on-ones or in a team meeting. You could say, hey team, I'm seeing a lack of this one. And you could provide something, you could provide, I don't know, maybe games or something that will, that will uh, the team to that soft skills and uh, reflect on what they did, what they didn't do, and where they shoot it. And it will be a, uh, it is like walking. When your mom and dad taught you, uh, taught you how to walk, they, you didn't walk at the minute. You, you failed too many times, you stumbled. It happens the same with the soft skills, but in the end, there, there must be willingness in two sides from the humane leader to do it, to provide it, and for the person who is receiving it, if 
one of both have um, they don't want to do it or they don't want to either receive it or provide it, it's not going to work. Yeah, no, I agree. It's got to be a two-way street and the humane leader needs to recognize it's, it is a duty that they are bound to, to because they're a leader, regardless of whether the company puts it in their goals or not. It, it is what a humane leader does is help people develop and having those soft skills is critical in every industry you're in and every job function you're in. Um, it is something that the humane leader should work on with their team. Okay, so I think that uh, this is going to, we're going to talk about this in, in the future, but we could do the wrap up. And to do the wrap up, I, I want to ask you, which soft skills do you think a humane leader or a, a, an upcoming leader has to have uh, very in a very robust uh, way? I think if, I, if I'm picking one is the priority, right? I'm a new leader and I'm picking one. I would say the empathetic listening skill is most critical. And the reason why I say that is I came up through technical engineering. And because I got promoted, I felt, hey, I was technically the best. So I need to always continue to be providing the best technical answer. And unfortunately, you know, when you become a leader, you can't do everything yourself. But initially I failed because I didn't want to listen to my team as much as I should have. And I wanted to be the guy who knew the best technical answer for everything. And that was a mistake. And it took me a while. You're right. You have to fail to learn. So if I was picking one skill, uh, empathetic listening, so that you're letting your team members give their input, talk and hear their solutions because it's quite possible their solutions may be better than yours. How about, how about you? What, what's yours? I would say... You can't pick mine, by the way. So I picked mine already. <laughs> I can't, can't pick that one. I was going to do a copy-paste, but okay. I have to think something else. No, um, I would say emotional intelligence that goes along with yours because emotional intelligence will provide you with acknowledging not only your emotions, but other person's emotions. And you could be, I don't know, maybe uh, cool at the other person's to be angry or frustrated or anxious. If you recognize those emotions, you could have a bond communicating with that person. Otherwise, it will be a fractured communication. So uh, among many things, but I think it is really, really important to be coherent with the, with the emotions that you're perceiving and how to interact with those. That's a good one too. Very good. Thank you, thank you. And I wasn't doing copy paste. <laughs> Very good. Great, great, man. So with this, we could do the wrap up. Well, uh, thanks for joining us on another episode of How to Be a Humiliator Without Losing Your Job. We hope our insights help you become a smarter and more strategic leader. Apply today's lessons to see the positive impact on your team and career. 
catch all our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. Join us next week as we discuss something trendy in the leadership world. Until then, stay humane and stay successful. Bye-bye, Chris. See you later, Roberto.